1: Just eight weeks before the midterms, the last of the primary elections will take place in Delaware, New Hampshire and Rhode Island. Republicans continue to hold out hope they will win control of the House and Senate, win back control, where Democrats hold slim majorities. New Hampshire's GOP Senate race has gotten a lot of attention as the Republican candidate will face Democratic incumbent Senator Maggie Hassan, who is seen as vulnerable as she seeks another term.
0: Uh, We will be nominating New Hampshire's next United States senator. And for the sake of this great state, we have to defeat uh, Maggie Hassan in November. And the best candidate to do that is Chuck Morse. For this and more setting
1: the stage for November, we bring in our panel, former Secretary of Education under President Reagan, Bill Bennett, founding executive director of Georgetown University's Institute of Politics and Public Service, Mo Alethi, and Fox News congressional correspondent, Chad Pergram. Chad, let me start with you. The inflation numbers really raised some eyebrows today and uh, already a lot of Republicans obviously jumping on that. Meantime, Democrats are jumping on a proposal by Senator Lindsey Graham to ban abortions after 15 weeks nationwide. seems like the split of focus uh, is all about the elections.
0: Well, certainly Democrats were wanting a better number there. And the fact that gas prices had been going down, you know, the the, the thought was that this was really going to help them with that inflationary number and it it didn't do too much. You know, the die has already been cast to some degree on the inflation issue in the economy. That's already there. That's been there since the springtime. Democrats are going to have a, a struggle to move the meter there. But politically, what they're doing, tactically, what they're doing is trying to remind voters about this radioactive issue abortion after the Dobbs decision earlier in the summer now again you know this is one of those pivotal types of issue does it move the meter just enough though and the first words Out of the mouth of Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader, when he had his press conference uh, today, Uh, he says, look, he started on Lindsey Graham. He said, if it looks like a nationwide abortion ban and if it talks like a nationwide abortion ban, it's a nationwide abortion ban. And then he brought up Patty Murray, the Democratic senator from Washington state, and she reiterated that theme. Democrats are looking at what happened in Kansas, uh, the public site that they had earlier in the summer uh, that dealt with, uh, you know, this in the Constitution, abortion. That is a key issue. And Democrats think that if they can energize their voters and portray Republicans as too extreme, regardless as to what the economic uh, economic numbers are, then that works in their favor come fall.
1: Bill. You know, I I think I understand what Senator Graham is doing. His bill is a proposal to ban abortions after 15 weeks nationwide. And you turn the tables in some of these races where it's been tough and the Democrats are then asked, so are you for abortions after 15 weeks? And then that's the focus. But in practice, it does not seem like it's working that way. And if anything, it's reminding independents and suburban voters about this issue of abortion instead of inflation- and other things that they really care about at their kitchen table.
2: Yeah. Uh, first of all, nice of you to have me with these uh, experts on politics. I'd rather talk about the NAEP scores, reading scores, but that's not.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> but,
2: but, but with these pros, uh, I'll do my best. Look, I, th- I think it was a mistake uh, by uh, Lindsey Graham. Uh, as you said, I think you used the word twice. Now, reminder, reminds people of this decision which is red hot and controversial. I'm pro-life, but, you know, for 20 years, 30 years, I've been saying there's only one resolution of this problem, and it's not a resolution that you can get people from one side to go to the other side. So leave it to the states and let states do it, uh, which is, uh, you know, to, to, to uh, get get the thing into in individual states uh, and uh, let people, no states, decide. Uh, this is putting fuel on the fire. Uh, this is a national ban on abortion. Uh, I think it's probably reasonable. But in terms of raising the heat and the temperature, I think Lindsey Graham is doing that. I, I, I see what he's trying to do. I think it's far outweighed by the disadvantages uh, of, uh, of what he's doing.
1: And, Mo, meantime, it's still the extremist pitch for Democrats. Uh, we heard the president on Ultra MAGA, Threat to Democracy... Uh, Chuck Schumer and others saying those lines. At the same time, Democratic Party funding of some MAGA candidates around the country continues, including in New Hampshire. Um, It's a tougher case to make to say it's a threat to democracy and then say the party has been funding this person so that we can run against him or her.
3: Yeah, I don't love this play by Democrats. I think, you know, look, I, I get it. In some cases, it does. Um, uh, you, where Especially where it looks like the MAGA candidate might win, you want to get a head start on defining them before the general election. I get that, and there's a little bit of, of value to that. Uh, but in some of these places, that MAGA candidate might win. The general election, and so what you're ending up doing is giving the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world a bigger caucus, more allies, and for Democrats who believe that is uh, dangerous to democracy, that, it, that is sort of a worst case, uh, a worst case scenario. So I don't love that. There's plenty of look. The the ground has shifted in this election a bit over the past couple of months. It is far more competitive than it was supposed to be, than we all thought it was gonna be a couple months ago. It's in part because of the, the Supreme Court ruling on abortion and Lindsey Graham's bill today completely undermines the Republican talking point that, you know, no, we're not trying to ban abortion. We're just trying to leave it to the states. Well, this is now a federal piece of legislation. So it undermines that argument. Between that, between um, the number of Republican candidates who continue to deny the 2020 election and apologize for January 6th, the extremist case is not a hard one to make. And I think that's part of the reason this election has become more competitive. Um, But it's not a slam dunk for Democrats. It's not a slam dunk for Republicans. And the last thing Democrats want is uh, the second week of November to see a larger mega caucus uh,
2: in the Congress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could, could I
3: Can just try. add to that? Yeah, Brad,
1: go ahead, Bill. Quickly?
2: You can't, you just, I can't say these people are a threat to the Republic. You know, these are the terrorists of the, of the, of the modern age, support them with your money. You just can't do that. Uh, and be consistent. I think it's a it's a it's a real clunker.
1: Chad um, today the president's holding a ceremony to celebrate in their words the White House words the Inflation Reduction Act the IRA. Obviously there was a lot of climate um, legislation and and provisions in there and critics said it's not going to reduce inflation. You add to that the student loan forgiveness And now we have an inflation number that is really hot and has not gone down. Uh, So this celebration seems a little, speaking of clunky, uh, maybe tone deaf.
0: And look at the CBO number where they were saying, you know, this isn't going to do as much as as you thought. That's a problem for them right now. Uh, You know, the other thing that that hits me on this, and you talk about uh, the climate uh, policies in that piece of legislation, uh, this is going to come to the fore in the next couple of weeks To get Joe Manchin's vote, and Republicans are saying that this was a scheme, a side deal, whatever, you know, they agreed to get this legislation, this provision into the interim spending bill to avoid a government shutdown at the end of the month uh, to accelerate permitting and drilling. And this is something that Republicans generally like, but Republicans started to beat up uh, the Democrats and Manchin for this, said this is, you know, dirty pool, you know, you bought off the votes on and so forth. And then you had the left. So you have this in stereo now. You have the left, Raul Grijalva, uh, the Democratic congressman from Arizona, who is the chair of the Natural Resources Committee, other progressives saying we're not going to vote for this bill to fund the government unless you take this out. Now, I asked Chuck Schumer at, at his press conference today. I said, were you surprised at this? And he insisted that they would still put this in the bill. And. He sidestepped my question. Now, so again, you go off on this other bit of the conversation here that starts uh, into the fall. Did they buy Manchin off? So again, you know, maybe this deal, whatever it was, and I realize you have to horse trade in politics, you know, starts to smell a little more, even though they're trying to tout this, the deeper they get to the election. But here's something else that's going on. You know, we don't often look to it on
1: the show tonight.
0: Great, and And I'm going to be very curious to and ask him about that. What I what I said to Senator Schumer, please, of course. Here's something else that's going on, and this uh, speaks to this MAGA argument that Republicans uh, are facing from the Democrats right now. We don't look to Alaska very often to give us kind of a, a view as to what's going on politically in the lower 48, but Sarah Palin and Nick Begich did not win uh, the the, the special election there to succeed Don Young. Now, granted, there were almost 60 percent of the voters voted for those two candidates. But the problem was with the radioactivity of Sarah Palin. And she's going to stand for the full term uh, later this fall. So Democrats have flipped that seat for now, for the time being. What that speaks to is the, the possibility of this trend in the lower 48. Have Republicans nominated candidates who are too extreme, whether they're too close to the former president or they are too you know, far to the right on abortion or what have you? This is this narrative that Democrats are trying to curate uh, as they go into November.
1: All right. We're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this.
0: Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy, and me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we
1: share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America.
2: Download from The Kitchen Table, The Duffy's at Foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.
1: Well, let me ask you about two extreme on the left. You know, if you have Chuck Schumer making a deal with Joe Manchin and this permitting is supposed to be in there, but you have House progressives saying there is no way we're voting for this. And they're getting more and more progressives to say the same thing in an environment focused uh, caucus. You know, how is that perceived in the extreme, not extreme of middle America?
3: Yeah, probably not super well. Um, Look, I think, you know, one of the reasons why. Um, one of the reasons Joe Biden was elected in 2020, I think, was because he was promising to get results. And if you look at the trajectory of his presidency, his approval numbers were really, really high in the first six months when he was able to show resu- a lot of results. on, you know, m- you know, the mantra was money in your wallet and, and shots in your arms. Then he hit a bit of a rough patch and that rough patch. Was for months the bickering within the Democratic Caucus over infrastructure. They weren't even arguing over infrastructure; they were arguing over a big number. Uh, and suddenly, the results weren't there, and you started to see a major slide in his approval numbers. Uh, it, he's had a couple. He's had a couple of good months. He's starting to show results again. His numbers are are ticking up. Democrats are starting to stand on slightly less shaky ground in the midterms. If the Democratic caucus once again tanks itself, but with infighting based on ideology instead of purely on results, um, I, you know, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of focus, Bill, on the Republican candidates for Senate, Doctor Oz in Pennsylvania, um, a, a couple of others uh, raise eyebrows, Blake Masters out in Arizona, um, but but these Democratic candidates in those states, Pennsylvania, for example. Lieutenant Governor Fetterman just the other day said the first people he's going to reach out to when he gets elected are teachers union uh, leaders and how focused he's going to be on the teacher union uh, asks. And in the wake of what we've seen on the issue of education, in the wake of everything we saw out of COVID, isn't that a dangerous play in a place like Pennsylvania that's pretty purple?
2: Teachers unions have almost all by themselves, although they're big groups, um, single handedly, or single group wise, turned the American people's opinion of public education. American people's opinion of public education has been high forever. Uh, uh, People have said, well, schools can be better, but my school is good. Now they're not so sure. Uh, And that uh, that is thanks to what teachers unions did. Uh, A terrible idea. My guess is he's got a lot of terrible ideas, uh, given his uh, positions. I, I don't you know, I, I love you guys' opinion. I read the polls every day and then disregard them, you know, because uh, they were wrong so wrong last time, you know, in, in those key battleground states, but I still read them. But it looks to me as if the Democrats turned it a little bit. But now some of these Senate candidates are getting closer. Oz seems to be getting a little closer. Masters in Arizona seems to be quite uh, close to, to Kelly. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. And Again, these are ba- these are battleground states. But that's a big mistake by Fetterman. Uh, this would be something I'm sure Oz would want to mine and bring up in a debate, should they ever have debates.
1: Yeah, and that's a big focus, too. Washington right. Post uh, right. saying and- Go ahead, Jen.
0: And, and what I was going to say here, and I think that this alludes to what Bill is speaking about, you know, you look at what we usually have conventionally in politics here. Uh, we are doing a midterm election again in the middle of a pandemic after a riot when you have people who deny the election and so on and so forth here. Some of those conventions that we've dealt with in politics before don't really apply. So we don't really know, you know, what the polling numbers reveal. Uh, There could be some big surprises come election night. And frankly, if some of these races are as close, we might not know control of the House. For several weeks thereafter, and we might not control of the Senate until January if they go to a runoff in Georgia like they did last time, also on January
1: 6th. Okay, okay, easy now, easy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's all pray
1: for an election night result, Um, because the weeks of election is uh, is very tiring to think about. But uh, two all of your points uh and i'll end with you mo you know when the new york times says be warned democrats beware some of these polls that show positivity are coming in states that were very wrong the last time and um they point to that there is still this wonder whether we as a country have figured out polling or whether it's it's past its usefulness uh and it's just a real snapshot but it might be way off
3: yeah. I mean, look—we could do an entire podcast just on this one topic. I—I'm I, I, not ready to, to to write off polling altogether, but just being smarter at how we think about them, I think, is important. You know, the anyone that's practiced politics, really practiced politics, will tell you. The horse race is the least important question on a poll. Who's up and who's down on, at any given point is the least important question on a poll. But what the polls can tell you is, is a sense of if there is a trend, if you are seeing movement in a direction. And I think the one thing, they may be off by five, six points even, you know, even outside the margin of error in the in the final result. But the one thing across all these polls, all these polls are showing a trend line that these races are getting more competitive than they should be based on the historical norms. And so I think both parties would be making strategic mistakes uh, if they neglected that, or this is not a slam dunk election. The Senate I think is up for grabs. It could go either way. Um, it, just something is happening out there over the past few months that is making this, a very different midterm than than I think, uh, and one that any of us are used to seeing.
1: I agree with you, gentlemen. Thank you. Now for a bit of history: the beginning of the war on terror, September 13th, 2001. Secretary of State Colin Powell announced that Osama bin Laden was the prime suspect in the investigation into who was responsible for the 9-11 terror attacks. Bin Laden had been linked to the World Trade Center bombing in 1993, as well as the attacks on American embassies in Tanzania and Kenya in 1998. The United States would begin the war in Afghanistan October 7th with an intense bombing campaign over Taliban-controlled areas. The U.S. military would nearly capture Bin Laden in December. However, he was able to escape during the Battle of Tora Bora, disappearing for almost a decade. But eventually, we got him. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you. For Bill, Mo, and Chad, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time.